Hello, beautiful people. This is Trisha. Welcome to my podcast, Words of Life, where we discuss faith-based topics to encourage, empower, and uplift you to become the best version of who God called you to be. Now, have fun and listen to the episodes. Hi, Trisha. How are you today? I'm great. It's pouring with rain, but I'm great. <laughs> so thank you so much for being on time and um, for allowing me to do this. Pleasure. Um, so welcome to Trisha's podcast. Thank you. Of life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so would you like to uh, introduce yourself with your full name and if you're comfortable with your age? Yes. My name is Kirsten Lambert and I am 39 years old. And you look like 28. <laughs> Uh, I feel like 15, Trisha. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I act like it too. <laughs> oh, okay. We are on the same board then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, I hope you had a, a good week and you're enjoying your uh, weekend so far. Mm, I am. Wonderful, wonderful. So if you're comfortable, I would go straight into the interview. Is that, is that okay with you? Yeah, that sounds good. Wonderful. I have four questions for you. Mm -hmm. And please feel free to take your time to answer every single question the way you want to, the way you feel comfortable with. And if there is one question that doesn't sit right with you, it's mm -hmm. okay to say, I'm not okay to answer this question. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no obligation here. Great. Right. Okay. So my first question to you, Kirsten, would be, uh, so obviously the topic is godly marriage. Okay. So we're going to talk about, you know, this specific topic, because I believe that there is um, a big need out there um, to understand how to go about marriage in general, particularly for Christians to have a godly marriage. Mm. So that is why I felt led to do this interview with specific people and you were the first that came to mind. So the first question to you would be, uh, what are the three keys or elements you need to make a godly marriage work? The three keys you need to make a godly marriage work. Mm -hmm. I think the very first foundational thing that even allows you to have a godly marriage versus a marriage yeah. is you need God. <laughs> it seems right. really obvious. Um, but not just God in a general sense, like, you know, you add him like you would add something to your resume, mm -hmm. but you need to have a heart for God, a passionate pursuit of him, a desire to follow him at all costs. I think if both uh, husband and wife are deeply in love with Jesus Mm -hmm. and continually seeking to grow closer to him, then that is the foundation. If that is missing, then all the other keys are pointless. Yeah. Yeah. I think the second one that jumps out immediately to me is you need to be willing to die to self. Mm -hmm. I think, um, as you know, Trisha, I've, recently in the last year become a mother and uh, I'm learning all over again what it means to die to self yeah you know we you become a Christian 
and you begin to die to self and then you get married and then you learn all over again <laughs> to die to self and then you become a parent and then you, if there was anything left in you that was still alive <laughs> it just is killed off and uh, you know I, I don't mean to say that in a way that sounds depressing or or discouraging to people mm -hmm. but actually that that's what we were called to do so if that doesn't sound appealing to us in some way, even if slightly scary and daunting, uh, then we've signed up for the wrong God. <laughs> um, there are probably plenty of other ones out there that make us feel a lot more uh, zen and, and uh, mm -hmm. allow us to remain self-centered and selfish, but uh, following Jesus is not one of them. <laughs> right. And I think that's, I've discovered through my now five years of marriage that it's actually a really beautiful thing to be able to die to yourself and to see that as you pour yourself out that you the god that you love is honored in the process and that you are able to be a blessing to somebody else as you put that person uh before yourself mm -hmm. um it, it sounds like you would be losing you know to die to yourself to put somebody else first but actually you gain and that's something that's difficult to kind of convey without actually experiencing it. But the good thing is that you don't need to be married to to understand it um, because all of us as Christians are invited into that experience with Jesus to die to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You just begin to experience it on a whole new level when you're married and then again a whole new level when you when you have children. Yeah. So those are the two keys that that's, I don't know if there's a third one necessarily that, that jumps to mind. If, if something else occurs to me, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, but those are, those are the two keys. Maybe, maybe I'll throw one more. Something's just come to me. Listening, listening well, mm. be passionate about growing in your ability to listen mm. and be much more interested in being a good listener than in being heard. Mm. And if both husband and wife are doing that, it's inevitable that you will be heard. So you don't need to worry about making sure you're heard if you focus yeah. on listening well. Wow. Well, you know, now I, again, I've been reminded and confirmed in why I made the right choice to interview you because, <laughs> you know, everything you said, I could just, you know, sign the document, I wouldn't have any issue with that. I mean, it's just on point. Wonderful. Well, you can tell you are an experienced uh, Christ follower. And also you can tell uh, that you have been through a lot to achieve such knowledge and wisdom. So wonderful. I'm very, very uh, blessed by listening to your uh, sharing your thoughts. So, um, yeah, the second question would be, what is your view on having certain expectations or any expectations at all in a partner slash husband or wife, obviously depending on your gender? Mm. With expectations, do you kind of mean the, the laundry list we create when we're 15 years old of what we're <laughs> looking for in, in, a, in a spouse? Um, but maybe I would say an expectation list when you enter marriage or you are already mm. in the marriage. So, you know, that expectations we, we have unconsciously, maybe, or even consciously that we think, you know, if uh, he doesn't do this, I will dis be disappointed. Or if he doesn't look like that, uh, or if he doesn't react this way. So, you know, that's, uh, we all have expectations, I believe. Yeah. But yeah, just, just, you know, just tell me your first thoughts that pop into your mind. It doesn't need to be as, you know, whatever accurate. I don't, I don't mind. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I I think it's fair to have expectations, Trisha. I mean, mm. you know, I expect my husband to be faithful to me. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he expects me to be faithful to him. And that's Absolutely. not unreasonable. <laughs> yeah, That yeah, is yeah. Uh, that is a good expectation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think there are other expectations that we have. And I think it's not mm. so much whether or not we have expectations. It's whether or not we can be honest with them truthful Mm. about them and open about them and that is a place Mm. where vulnerability comes in because Mm. if I go to my husband and say you know what I I expected you to do this and I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't Mm. um, that puts me in a place of vulnerability because I've opened myself up and and been honest about feeling disappointed but you know when I do that it gives him the opportunity to address my disappointment Yeah. And it's happened before where mm-hmm. I have had an expectation that has not been met and I have had to humble myself and go forward and say, in all vulnerability, I, I wished that this would have happened and it didn't. And yeah. I'm kind of disappointed now. And he's been able to step in right. and and then in a way meet my expectation. And you might think, oh, well, you know, well, retroactively, it doesn't count. But it does. It, it does. does. It absolutely mm. does. When, when, you know, your husband hears what you said and remembers what you said mm. and cares enough to do something about it, it doesn't matter that, you know, he didn't get it the first time. The, the reality mm. is that we can't read each other's minds. And I right. think a lot of times people in marriage or in all relationships expect uh, people to be able to read your mind. And, uh-huh. you know, it would be nice because, you know, who wants to have to say it would be nice if you did this. Mm. Um, but, but it's not, it's just not realistic. And, and right. the reality is that even if there are things that we need to articulate, mm-hmm. there's still a million opportunities for your spouse to surprise you with how well they know you and, mm. and sometimes even better than you know yourself. Yeah. I mean, I remember when my <laughs> husband proposed, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted in an engagement ring. But when that ring came out and I looked down at it, I... I knew it was exactly what I wanted. So he, <laughs> he had known what I wanted oh. when even I didn't. And I think I've seen that same story play out countless times in our marriage yes. where he's actually by, and often by the, the, the leading of the Holy spirit, been mm-hmm. able to know me better and know what I need and what I want wow. better than I actually know myself. And that's where the real beauty comes in. Cause then you can lay down your expectations cause there's more, I don't know, surprise and spontaneity mm. in it. Well, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. So rich what you're sharing. It's just beautiful. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm learning. I'm learning. Wow. (laughs) So the third question, Kirsten, would be what has uh, been the most challenging thing for you to overcome in your marriage? Mm. The most challenging thing for me to overcome in, in my marriage, I would say has been something in myself and that has been the struggle that I've had with anger Mm. I come from a family where anger uh was very present and was not always dealt with in a healthy manner and so I didn't have great role models of how to do conflict well Mm -hmm. fortunately the premarital counseling that my husband and I did was phenomenal Mm -hmm. in preparing us to do conflict well Mm -hmm. and that has helped But also, um, I mean, you know, my husband, he's a man of great peace. Mm -hmm. uh, And I have learned a lot from him about healthy ways of of dealing with anger. Anger, I believe, is not something to be hidden away. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is very real and it's an indicator. I I heard recently it's being said that anger, 
Anger surfaces when there is something that we want to protect that is being threatened. It could be something good or it could be something bad, but it's something that we want to protect. The trick is then to dig deeper and go, what is it that I'm trying to protect? Mm -hmm. So as I have grown in my ability to understand what this difficult emotion is, I don't like talking about negative and positive emotions. They're just uh, comfortable and uncomfortable emotions. Mm. As I've begin, begun to unpack that more over the years and had plenty of opportunity to practice, um, that has definitely been the biggest challenge for me. Mm. And I think... Um, you know, every time that I, I don't manage it well, uh, there's a cost involved because I'm hurting somebody that I love. And so there's, that's an incredible motivator for continuing to grow in that area. You know, it's not an issue that you put on the back shelf and think, well, one day I'll get to this. You know, with every day that passes that I haven't addressed this, somebody's paying the price for that. Um, mm. And that gently kind of erodes but you know the 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 foundation of the relationship but as I continue to address it and actually builds in trust over time so even though I haven't arrived Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect I still struggle with it I think that my husband would probably say that hey the fact that you dig in and you lean into Jesus to help you grow in this area you know allows me to continue to pour out grace to you because I know that you're not squandering my grace in a way right Wow, wonderful. And again, uh, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable because, you know, I think anger is something that every human being on the face of the earth deals with, Mm. uh, more or less. And I can relate to that very well. Uh, I had a similar, uh, you know, situation in my family. I think every family somehow is dysfunctional anyway. Yes. I mean, (laughs) there is no family that is perfect, even though sometimes they look Instagram perfect, okay? Mm. But they really aren't. And I don't even have Instagram. But, you know, the thing is, it's just ridiculous what you see online and you think you know what I know this is a lie so please stop you know Mm. and uh, I used to have anger issues very very much and God again has helped me to go on this journey of of complete peace and learning how to manage my emotions because that's what Mm. it is at the end of the day Um, and then you know confronting anger in a way that is constructive and and also to be reminded that anger actually isn't the, 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 the problem or sin, but it's to yeah. remain in anger Absolutely. that causes you to sin, right? So, yeah. uh, because anger, Do not let yeah. the sun go down on your anger was what our best man said at our wedding. He said, even if you have to lose sleep in order to be yeah. able to discuss it all night long, exactly. don't let the sun go down on your anger. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and yeah, so I think anger in itself is not bad and it's not the problem, but it's, you know, it can even help at times, but... Uh, and you, we have to be a, a holy, we have to have a holy anger as well about, uh, about certain things like, you know, uh, injustice or, you know, things that are just not right, you know. So, yeah. um, but again, it's, it's how you deal with it. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, uh, right. Yeah. So my last question would be, um, um, how has the coming of the child changed <laughs> your relationship to your husband? Oh, wow. <laughs> Ask me again when I'm not sleep deprived. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're, we're doing much better on this in the sleep department. Look, I think one of the things, the first thing that comes to my mind, Tricia, is just that I have begun to see a whole new side of my husband. And it's like I get to fall in love all over again because I now see him as a father. Mm. And you know, I, I've always seen him, well, since we got married, I've always had the opportunity to see him as a husband and he's a wonderful Mm -hmm. husband, but to now day by day to see him not only 
in the role of father, but to grow into his role as, as father is just absolutely beautiful. And it, you know, so while, you know, people say, oh, you know, when you have kids, you know, you have a lot, you know, a lot less sleep and a lot less capacity and, and a lot less time for you as a couple. And, and, you know, there's a lot of strain and, you know, there's, you know, differences in parenting style people always talk about the tensions and, and that's very real. I don't mm-hmm. want to minimize that, you know, there've been a lot of, you know, new discussions in the last 10 months about, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't know about if we approach it this way or approach it that way mm-hmm. and finding a compromise and, you know, on a topic that, you know, you don't feel lightly about, you know, mm-hmm. we tend to feel quite passionately about, about how we want to raise a, a child. Yeah. But, but actually, um, you know, just the, the opportunity to, to see him in, in this new light, um, is so, is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so beautiful. And I think, you know, I think it's important in that, in the early parenting days to, to not lose sight of that, yeah. to not lose sight of the wonder that you are exposed to, mm-hmm. um, of watching the person that you love, you know, grow into a new role and watching him pour out his, you know, familial love onto, onto another new member of the family mm-hmm. um, is absolutely, is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And I think we could get really, we could take that for granted or we could forget to notice it if we were just too focused on the challenges that come in, mm-hmm. in early parenting days. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Again, wonderful, wonderful answer. I've loved your response or your answers to my questions. <laughs> I hope you felt comfortable throughout the interview. Oh, yeah. You're a great interviewer, Trisha. It's great talking with you. I mean, you know, I, I thank you, though, for the honor of, of being on your podcast and reflecting on godly marriage and um, just your really thoughtful questions. I think they're really great questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I do hope that my, my answers can encourage people in, in, in some ways. And it's I thank you also for the opportunity to reflect again because sometimes you know you just go about your day and you don't think about these things but you're asking these questions has caused me to reflect again on my marriage and Mm. and to be grateful all over again so thank you for that well thank you and you are absolutely welcomed and welcome sorry and i feel privileged and honored to have listened to your wisdom your godly wisdom and may god bless you god bless you and have a lovely day thank you kirsten thank you god bless you too trisha bye bye Thank you for joining and listening to my podcast today, Words of Life, where we discuss and talk about faith-based topics. Every episode is meant to encourage, empower, and uplift you and to become the best version of who God intended you to be. Please take your time and listen to my episodes, but also visit my blog where I write articles at least once a month on trishabritannia.com blogspot.com trishabritannia.blogspot.com thank you and have a lovely day